Hey, welcome. I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here at Cross Point Community Church, and I want to say thank you for joining us this morning. We're doing something a little bit different than normal. Um, we are in the ending of a series entitled Don't Panic, and uh, last week we talked about those things that consume us with worry, and this week I've invited a friend of mine, Carly Reese, who is part of Gracebound Christian Counseling Center, and so she's going to be joining us today, and we're going to be continuing this talk topic of don't panic, and what are the things that we panic about, and it's perfect for us to invite a counselor in and for her to give us some insights on um, multiple areas of our lives where we're consumed with panic because of the season that we're in. And, and all of us admit, hey, this is a unique season because of COVID-19 and all of the other social things that are going on within our communities and around the world. And so I think it's a great time for us in the midst of this to, to sit down and to think about what are the things that we just sometimes consciously, but many times subconsciously, are moving us and guiding us in the decisions and the way that we're reacting even to other people in our life, and in particular in our homes as we're sequestered together. So I'd like to say thanks and welcome to Carly. Thanks for being here. Thank you for And I uh, appreciate you taking some time and sharing some of your wisdom mm-hmm. uh, from the counseling side. Yeah. One of the things that um, one of my early mentors said to me, Carly, was whenever you go into ministry as a pastor, there's mm-hmm. basically two areas to focus in on. One is preaching, mm-hmm. and then the other one is counseling. Yeah. And that many times you have to decide, are you going to be more of the mm-hmm. preacher or are you going to be more of the counselor? And mm-hmm. um, pretty early on, I, I knew that the counseling part wasn't going to be a part of who I was gifted and how I was gifted. Sure. And um, so I've always sought after opportunities to bring others mm-hmm. along that that is their pastoral gifting. And so you've been a great mm-hmm. blessing to Crosspoint and to mm-hmm. the community um, as well. So well, this you. morning, take a little bit of time and just share with us mm-hmm. what are some of the thoughts that you have right now about this unique season that we're living in? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, one of the things I've noticed about panic is that usually individuals feel like there's some sort of injustice that has happened. Um, they're terrified, fearful, anxious, worried that either someone they love or they themselves will go through something that will invoke some type of pain or suffering. And we all know that we live in a broken world, and yet we are still controlled by this panic. And I think the situation at hand has really just exacerbated that for all of us. Um, And so my heart is that, um, first I want to say that this pain is real, and we're seeing pain Emotionally, we're seeing it politically, we're certainly seeing it socially, um, physically, um, I see it everywhere. Um, And so my heart, obviously, as a therapist, goes out to the pain. And so I just want you to know that, first and foremost, your pain is real and that God cares about your pain. Um, But I also think that there's something greater that God wants to do in us. And um, so that's really the heart I want to of what I want to share today is that um, ultimately um, I think God wants us to have completion in him uh, through an established character that resembles who he calls us to in him. And um, he certainly wants to know the desires of our heart and he tells us to exchange our burdens for his yoke is light. Um, And so I'm not telling anyone not to make their requests known to God. 
um, I simply want to charge you just a little bit higher and maybe outside of the box. We all know to call upon the name of the Lord. Um, but I think sometimes in terms of the results, uh, we become frustrated. And in that frustration, we panic because we don't like pain. We don't like hurt. Um, and in fact, I was reading an article several months ago, and it was talking about our nervous system. And I'd never thought as a counselor, hey, God actually gave us a nervous system. Um, and so it's normal that there are things that should make us feel a little uneasy. And so as Christians, especially people that have been churched for a while, uh, we say, oh, why can't I forgive that person? You know, and we start to become frustrated. But when we've been hurt, when a child touches a stove, they aren't going to touch that stove again because of the nervous system that God gave them, right? Hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Uh, my kids probably would. Um, and so with everything we have going on around us right now, if you're not a little bit nervous, then your nervous system is shut down, right? So I want to say there's a healthy level of nervousness, and I think my heart is that you can find that balance so that that panic isn't controlling you, but that you have a handle on it. Um, and to do that, I think you really have to understand what God's end is, because there's a variation between what we think should happen um, and what God's end is. Um, and so my challenge to everyone is really to try to choose to exchange the comforts and conveniences for character and completion in Christ. Now, I told Chris this has to be from God because of all the alliteration you're going to hear today. Uh, my husband's a youth pastor, but when he preaches, it's very expository alliteration. So for whatever that's worth to some of you. Can you say, um, that, can you say that last phrase again, the, the completion of the character? Yeah. I really want you guys to learn how to choose to surrender the control and comforts of your life and exchange those for the character and the completion that you can really get in Christ through the pain and suffering. And let's be honest, pain and suffering comes in hard times, right? And it takes perseverance. And so I really want to talk you guys through how we can go through our pain, through the process of perseverance, to get us to the promises that God has for us so that we can feel that completion in character. Because if we just get hung up on the pain, um, we miss it. And we know the pain. We see the suffering. Nobody is arguing that there is a lot of evil going on in the world today. But if we don't understand what God has for us in it, then we're going to miss it. And I don't want you guys to miss it. Yeah, I, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking about two things just kind of keep popping up in my head is one is we are an instant gratification mm-hmm. society or culture. And yeah. so this idea of what you're talking about of bringing something to completion mm-hmm. sounds like it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take energy yeah. and, and a motivation, even a, what I would say um, for followers of Christ, this Holy Spirit motivation mm-hmm. to move us through some of the difficult pain and stuff to get to that what you're saying is completion mm-hmm. or maybe even a step in maturity, right? Yep. Um, and then I also think about we have this idea of what's fair mm-hmm. and um, yeah. that that <laughs> so much, so many of the times when we get caught up into this in pain mm-hmm. and suffering is there's this underlying issue of, well, that's not fair or right. Mm-hmm. And so we have to really step back and redefine, mm-hmm. well, what do you mean by fair mm-hmm. and just um, in, a, in an instant gratification 
type society. So Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think of mercy and grace. Um, you know, there's so many times in the church, and honestly growing up in the church, I confused those two words. I thought they were sort of one and the same. They're actually very, very different. Uh, and a lot of people that come in my office don't recognize that at all. In fact, one of the greatest questions everyone wants to ask is, well, if he's such a loving God, why does he let bad things happen, right? It's probably the number one question I get. And I'm a therapist, but I don't have all of God's answers. Um, but what I can point them to and often tell them is, let's talk about mercy and let's talk about grace. Because mercy at its very essence is unmerited favor. So it's us not getting what we deserve. Right. Did you get that? It's not getting what we do deserve, which is death, hell, and the grave, yeah. right? And so when we talk about, you know, injustice, which is really, I think, where we get hung up on our pain and missing the completion in character, is that we forget that mercy has already been granted to us. And it hasn't just stopped there, but that beyond mercy, we have grace. And to me, grace is simply defined as just an extension of kindness. And so where mercy is getting what, not getting what we do deserve, Grace is getting what we don't deserve. And so, simply put, the fact that anything good happens to me is by the grace of God. So if I say, well, why isn't this happening? I'm worried about this happening to my child. Or those things are real, and God cares about those. And I want you guys to know that he cares, and I care. And there's a sensitivity that we need to have that people are hurting and broken. But if God has something bigger for you or your family... And humans cause pain through their poor choices and their sinful nature. God is still bigger to use that in their life for his good and his glory. He's not going to let human evil be in vain. That is a promise and a guarantee that we have in scripture. And so I hope that people can understand that. That's what Romans Mm 8.28 says to us, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that God is behind the scenes basically working out all things, even those yep. evil things, for the good of his children. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the grace and mercy components coming together that mm-hmm. I think are extremely important. And I think that's probably one of those things, as we get older mm-hmm. and we understand grace and mercy because we've received it mm-hmm. and understand the depths of our issues and our struggles, it allows us, um, hopefully anyway, it allows us to offer more grace and mercy well, many times we call empathy, mm-hmm. right, to, to jump into someone's, yeah. literally their shoes, yeah. and to say, I can walk with you for a little bit, because as Colossians mm-hmm. tells us, all of those things allow us to minister, all of our pains, right. as we've worked through them, allow us to minister mm-hmm. to other people and their pain. Therefore, there's not a wasted, right. um, one, God's working the other things out, but also mm-hmm. the redemption piece for us, the reconciliation piece, is as we grasp. Mm-hmm. Um, grace and mercy. It allows us to be empathetic yep. and to minister to people on a level that we could never minister prior to the pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, if we don't persevere through that pain, we'll never see it. We'll never be able to u- be used by God in people's lives and kind of do that domino effect, right? Um, and so the the key to this character completion has to be perseverance. Um, I love... Um, where is it at? It's in, um, in James 1, 
uh, verses 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy, right? Joy, not happiness, right? Uh, so many times we want happiness, which is based on our results, but joy is in confidence in who God is and what he promises. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces perseverance, perseverance, patience, and patience will create a perfect work in you when it is complete and you will lack nothing. Now get that. When it's complete, right? And I don't think anyone would argue that they do not want to lack nothing, right? But on the former side of that, it requires trials and tribulations. You know, um, obviously, for those of you that don't know, I have five children under the age of seven. Um, So I have a one, two, four, five, and, oh, I'm sorry. See, I don't even know their ages. I have so many. Uh, One, two, uh, almost five, six, and seven-year-old. And um, so when a woman, I don't know what analogy, maybe you have one for a guy, but for a woman who's had labor, uh, that's the first thing that came to my mind as far as perseverance. Because you have to have perseverance through the pregnancy, right, the heartburn, the indigestion, the bathroom visits, you know, you name it, we've got it. And then when you're at your tiredest, largest, most uncomfortable, you have to do the thing that is I think arguably one of the most painful things on earth. And I've had all mine naturally, right? So I really do understand the perseverance that it requires. And what I love about perseverance is it doesn't come in easy times. You know, we don't have to persevere when things are easy. We have to do it when it's difficult. And you can think about a time right now where you went through a difficult situation And how that transformed you in some way, in some capacity, hindsight's 20-20, right? And we can sometimes then see what God was doing. But it's in the midst of that that we forget. And so that's why today I really want to give some promises that people can take with them and say, hey, this is how I get from point A to point B. I have all this pain. I'm controlled by these Honestly, I think they're idols that we have, that we, we believe that we have somehow deserved comfort and conveniences. Um, and really, we haven't. Um, and yet, God bestows mercy and grace, right? And so, I want to help people get from that point A to point B. Well, anyone should understand perseverance and pain. A mom that's had five kids, yes. you're it. And you were like, <laughs> is there anything that's comparable? I'm like... I've had some friends that have had, like, kidney stones or yeah. whatever, and people are, doctors are like, that's like one one-thousandth of having a baby. And I'm yeah. like, I don't even want kidney stones, <laughs> and much less having that. I mean, yeah. that's obviously mm-hmm. God's design, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, um, well, tell us some more about these promises. What are some of the... Yeah, so I'm glad you asked. You know, I think the promises um, are so important, because without the promise... What hope do we have? You know, all we have is just that pain that's left. Um, And so there's three, not just one, but three, right? And so if one doesn't work for you, pick another one and focus on that, because I'm sure Satan would love for you to to find a reason to not like it. Um, But in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we have the promise of purpose. And we talked about that a little bit earlier, but um, there is purpose in our pain, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15:58, it says, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Your labor is not in vain. And so many times in counseling, when people come in, they don't feel like, right, feel is the key word. I don't feel like I'm winning. I don't feel like I'm doing it right because I don't 
feel at peace or feel joy. I feel all this panic and worry and anxiety and discomfort. And um, what they've missed is that there is that promise of purpose. And um, my heart is that they can recognize that even when they don't feel that, that the victory has already been won. And in fact, that passage is talking about the final victory. Um, and if we can understand that in our small battles, that the, the large victory has already been won, then whom then can I fear? Um, and so the next thing uh, I love about that is that there's that guarantee. There's a, there's a guarantee that there is purpose in our pain. But the second thing I like about that is that there's a gift and so if you look in 1 Peter 6, 7, I want to just stop and read that because I love these verses. Um, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. And I think we could all say that right now. And really, right now, it's just a little time. It seems like eternity, but it's really just a little time. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so there's this exchange of this eternal inheritance for some discomforts in this world. And um, I don't know about you, but I want those moments with Jesus. And, um, you know, I often tell people it's in those times of persevering that we really experience God because we need him. We live in a culture where we don't feel like we need him most of the time because we have control of our comforts and we have control of our conveniences. But when those are taken away from us, and I would even add in experiences, right? We've been, our experiences living life as we would like to have been taken from us with all these closures. And so that injustice stirs something within us. But what about the gift that, is waiting for us. Isn't that so much more greater? And for me, I feel like it would be foolish to desire to go to Chuck E. Cheese with my kids or to go to Splashway Water Park or, um, you know, even to go visit my family who um, is really struggling right now. My grandfather has been diagnosed with cancer and I can see my family struggling. And yet, like, God has me here and I get to go home and I get to celebrate that. But instead of praying for healing, well, I should say, in addition to praying for healing, um, my prayer changed when I was thinking and processing all this, that God, help me become more complete in you. Help my mom become more complete in you. Help my grandfather become more complete in you. And everyone in that situation, and it, it'd be so easy to just stop and pray for the healing. I know that God is the ultimate healer. That's not where I get devastated. I get devastated when that healing doesn't happen. And so if I can know that there is an eternal inheritance that in this season of suffering for my family, that somehow we can become more complete and characterized by him and for him, then that's something I can rejoice in because it gives him glory and honor, which is really the ultimate reason that we're all here. Um, and so he cares about our pain, but more than anything, above all else, he cares that we give him glory and honor in the way we live our life, both in the good times and the bad. So we have to understand that there's purpose in the pain, um, and that is so critical for us. Think about this idea of promises and that we, we misunderstand what promises are. Mm -hmm. um, one, because 
maybe our mom or our dad or somebody that we've loved and trusted promised us something, and it was never fulfilled, right? Mm -hmm. And so we carry that into biblical promises, and we think um, because we haven't experienced them or it's going to be so far uh, in time and distance from us, we feel like, Mm -hmm. that it's hard sometimes to hold on to those promises. And so as you're talking about that, I was thinking about how difficult sometimes, even though these promises are true, because of the character of God, that he is true and he's love and he's, he never puts out a promise or a truth or something, a hope, a false hope that he's going to take from us. And so we, mm-hmm. those promises are guaranteed fulfillments for all of his children. Mm-hmm. And so as you're thinking about it, one of the old songs um, growing up that I used to sing in the church that I grew up in was Leaning, Leaning, Leaning on the Promises. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever yeah. heard that song, but yep. that's one of the things. Just I, mean, I can hear the, the music mm-hmm. going, Leaning on the Promises. Yeah, mm-hmm. Don't sing it because I'll sing and everybody will <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me yeah. sing either. Yeah. We'll leave then, that to Hannah. Yeah. And so, but that idea of leaning on the promises and what that truly means, mm-hmm. and then it takes me back to Proverbs chapter 3, mm-hmm. you know, verses 5 and 6, to lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's literally to, to sit down on, your own knowledge, um, and that's going to fall. And that's where, because we've experienced, I think, where other people we've loved and cared for offered us promises, and for whatever reason, usually not of evil intent, those promises weren't fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, But to lean not on our own understanding, but to lean in on God's truth, Mm -hmm. that the promises that he gives us, the hope that he gives us, isn't, isn't a mist yeah. that we reach out for and won't grasp, but it's truly real mm-hmm. and that it's truth, that it will be something that we can, um, that we can currently hold on to mm-hmm. because it's a reality in the future. Yeah. Uh, even though it's, it's this yes but not yet mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking about in the promises. You me. just gave me another P word, projection, right? Yeah. So for those of you that want to shift to a clinical word here, we've, <laughs> you know, we do. We, we project... Yeah. Uh, what others have done to us onto the character of God. And it's so easy to do. I think it's one of the most subtle ways that Satan discourages us and gets us away from the promises is by that slight variation. You know, these other people have failed you, and so too will God. But when did God fail you? And if your answer is, well, he didn't heal this or he didn't stop this, um, I would send you back to mercy, and I would send you back to grace and say, The fact that anything good happens, there's this unmerited favor that we've already been granted. And ultimately, he could let us, you know, have pain and suffering for all eternity, but he made a way when there was no way. And his plan A, let's not forget, was a perfect world. And it's only been since mankind has fallen and been broken that we've now shifted into this plan B of let me send my son Jesus Christ, right? And make a way when there is no way. And I think that's what we have to remember is that when the purpose kind of um, is skewed for us, that we can recognize that he's always been our protector. Um, And so I think what's most important is I always like to think of David when he says, um, you know, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, back then, the shepherd would use the rod literally to ward off predators. It was a kind of a weapon of sorts. Um, but then the staff was what had the hook that actually would, you know, when the sheep would get in a precarious situation, would kind of lure it back from its anxiety. And we're in a lot of precarious situations. And so um, we have to never forget that he is our protector and that he promises that he's never going to leave us. He will leave the 99 for the one. 
And he cares about that pain. And whatever your pain is, you're the one he's going to leave for it. And he's going to protect you when your anxiety gets the best of you. But you have to recall the promises and you have to rely on his protection. That's good. There's one more P I have for you. Okay. Are you tired of my alliteration yet? I'm on it. Okay, okay. Uh, The presence. And we've kind of already touched on this, but he's with us. Um, the presence of God is with us. And, you know, I think when we go through pain and suffering, it gives God two things with us. It gives him time and it gives him influence. And uh, I don't know where you feel on this, but I wouldn't rather be anywhere else than in the presence of God. Sure. Um, And so if that takes me going through a trial or a tribulation or COVID-19 or, you know, family illness or a runaway child, um, the legitimate losses and pain that let's not forget God grieves with us about. Um, we can remember his sovereignty and his presence and that he has never left us and he will never forsake us. Then I think we'll really find that character and completion in him uh, that will far um, outweigh any satisfaction that we would gain in trying to get these conveniences and comforts that we perceive are somehow in our control but really aren't so that's my heart for everyone with this panic yeah many of the times the things that we add to life to bring convenience um, and comfort actually end up owning us Mm -hmm. right i mean we see this with with financial debt in particular people have all these different things but now they're actually owned by them instead of them Mm -hmm. um, owning that tv or that car or whatever yeah yeah definitely um Mm -hmm. I love this idea of the presence of God, and and um, it's it's one of those things that um, that we so again tie feelings to, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but isn't necessarily a feeling. Yes, there are times that there's an overwhelming feeling mm-hmm. of God's presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, God's word says that He is with us all the time, mm-hmm. right? And so He's omnipresent. What's that? Omnipresent. Exactly. And it's also this covenant language Mm -hmm. of that he's established a covenant with us, Mm -hmm. and he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, he will never abandon us. As a matter of fact, his eyes will will never have affection for anyone else. Mm -hmm. And there's this jealousy. This is where this idea of jealousy comes Mm -hmm. for, that he he sees us as his bride pursuing other things that draw our eyes' attention from him Mm -hmm. and from his affection, and he knows that. The fullness of of all that we can experience as humans, mm-hmm. but also as humans that are, are pursuing God, yeah. um, that that when we're focused in on our relationship with Him and in His presence, fully aware of His presence, yeah. that's when we experience what Jesus experienced as far as mm-hmm. 100% humanity, mm-hmm. and that we didn't need other things. Jesus yeah. didn't need other things to be human, mm-hmm. um, and that we sometimes do mm-hmm. and we get distracted and we would call those idols mm-hmm. um, that we yeah. kind of set up as many little gods that mm-hmm. we worship yeah um and so this power of presence and we get confused with again with feeling but the truth is mm-hmm. yep. that he's always there yeah. it's just a matter of what we're doing mm-hmm. with that presence with right. him so yeah um, absolutely well, Carly, I've appreciated our time. So let's go over those P words again. Can you do that? Those I don't know if I can remember. <laughs> I told him I got up really early this morning. Uh, so we have, we start with the pain, right? So that's the problem. We all have this problem of pain, yeah. right? 
Um, but then how do we go through the process, right? Uh, because that pain is real, like we've talked about. We have to persevere. We have to know what the promises of God are. And so the promise is purpose, protection, and then presence. And if you can remember those things and say, hey, God, I don't enjoy this pain and suffering. And just as Jesus said right before the cross, if there is any way that this cup could pass for me, then, Lord, please let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And that's why I say he wants to hear the cry of our hearts. He wants to hear what we're asking and requesting of him. Make your request known. We know these are commands in Scripture as well. Um, But in the end, regardless of what the result is, I can accept that even if God's answer is a variation from what my heart's desire is, that my prayer then is completion and character in him, knowing that his ways are not my ways and that his understanding is not my understanding. That's so good. I'm thinking about 1 Peter 5, 7. It's kind of the verse that's kind of undergirded the series of, you know, cast your cares upon mm-hmm. God because he cares for you. And again, yeah. it's, it's relational language mm-hmm. and that you give over your burdens, you give over those things that your pains, the, the frustrations, all that. And, and it makes me think back to David mm-hmm. and in Psalms in particular and his relationship with God where he's, he's like this. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we forget that, yeah. that we get so spiritual or we get so religious that we think we have mm-hmm. to have certain verbiage yeah. or language when we come to God. And God's like, I can handle it. Cast your cares upon me because I'm God. Yeah. And I'm not surprised by this. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. by your pain, your suffering. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm in it with you. Yeah. And the best way for you to move forward and to find process to completion is to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things, I'm yeah. sure, when, when people sit down with you is yep. let's get down to the honest thing. Because a lot of times we think about the symptoms, mm-hmm. and we, as a doctor does, you look at all the symptoms, right, to get to what is the source right. of the pain. What is it that's actually causing it? And so mm-hmm. one of the best ways for us as followers of Jesus is to understand that we cast our cares upon God because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And as we do that, that to be honest about our feelings, our, the things that are going on, and to know that all these things are symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that in the moment that we truly declare what's really happening is those moments where God can begin to do the healing that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes you can do that on your own through prayer mm-hmm. um, or prayer with some friends even. Yeah. But maybe sometimes it takes sitting down with someone else that, mm-hmm. because we naturally have blind spots yeah. And um, that someone else like you Mm -hmm. sitting down with and you help us maybe find some of those places and Mm -hmm. sort through some of those symptoms that are real, uh, you know, but to get to the source of that pain and be able Mm -hmm. to name it so that healing can take place. Because as you stated in Psalm 23, the the rod, you know, is one of discipline and the staff is one is actually where they, they bring you in. And they peel back and they find the source mm-hmm. of the pain so they can put on the anointing oil yeah. so that healing can take place. And, mm-hmm. and that is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to, to peel back the yeah. layers to get to the source of the pain is mm-hmm. extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. But in the midst of that, in the healing, there's a scar. And in the scar, we can go back and point to, you know what, God, there was, this was a painful event. Yeah. But God was, with, was faithful. Mm-hmm. And here's the truth is God was with me. And now... Yeah. I can help others right. work through their pain and their suffering. Mm-hmm. You got it. 
Awesome. I made you an expert. There you go. That's cool. Hey, thanks, Carly, again for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Can we pray together? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Dear Holy Father, we just come to you and we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity just to gather together to open up your word and to think through these ideas of pain and suffering and ultimately this idea of completion, of completing our character in us, that as we become emotionally healthy followers of Jesus, Lord, that there's going to be moments in our life that are going to be difficult, that are going to be extremely painful, and that we have to push through um, to completion. And in this pushing through is not even in our own power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, but that also requires of us to be, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, and to be honest with who we are so that you can do the healing. That we don't want any false healing. We want to get down to the root and allow you to heal us. And uh, that's going to be painful. But the beauty of a scar is that there's been healing. So, Father, we pray Mm -hmm. that this community here and as we do life together, that we are scarred up people Mm -hmm. that are are walking with limps because we've encountered you and you've healed us. And you're bringing us to completion. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.